Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Monday evening. We continue our reflections into the great Christian thinkers. We are in the 20th century. We are moving along here, which has us this evening considering uh, the great Archbishop Fulton Sheen. And it is Monday evening, so I do have Jonah Hare in studio with me. So, John, great to have you with me another evening. Thank you, Joe. Always great to be here. So, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, John, one of the co-patrons of Seeds of Truth Ministries, uh, Seeds of Truth Radio, this program here that airs every evening, and uh, hopefully by the end of this evening, our listening audience will know why he is patron, co-patron of uh, Seeds of Truth Radio, alongside, of course, St. Maximilian Colby. And uh, St. Maximilian Colby and Archbishop Fulton Sheen are probably my two guys, John, <laughs> my two favorite figures in the history of the Church if not St. Francis of Sisi. So anyhow, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, John, a man who saw his popularity grow like that of a rock star. You know, he earned two Emmy Awards for Most Outstanding Personality. Um, he was a charismatic man that was always finding new ways to transmit the faith. We talk a lot here on Seeds of Truth about the new evangelization, this call that we have to grow in holiness and at the same time, use all outlets to evangelize souls. This is what Archbishop Fulton Sheen was all about. He was a man of holiness, and he used all outlets at his disposal to evangelize souls. A, a great and heroic man, a man of also controversy. He would not shy away from being outspoken on political issues. So, a very interesting figure, um, but certainly a figure that many, including I, look up to. Uh, I. He was a hero of mine uh, all through the 1950s when I was a young kid. He was a model for still is. Yep. And yep. Uh, and for many people at that time, uh, everyone knows he had a, a TV show very popular from 1951 through 1957, 30 million viewers a week, 8,500 <laughs> letters. There was no email back in those days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was very well liked. Extraordinary, and, uh, extraordinary. Yeah. And, of course, the program you're talking about is life is worth living. It, it's interesting, just a, a footnote to our discussion here off the top, you know, the popular St. Joseph's Communications, located in Southern California, started, John, as a project to get the message of Archbishop Fulton Sheen out, right? Oh. That was their singular focus. So oh. um, there's many caveats, there's many nuances to uh, the figure we will talk about this evening. But before we get into um, any of that, John, maybe a few bio pieces, huh? A few bio pieces indeed. Uh, Bishop Sheen was born on May 8th, 1895 in El Paso, Illinois, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he died on December the 9th, 1979, at the age of 84. He was ordained to the priesthood on September the 20th, 1919. Those are some dates. He grew up in, a, in a, quite a Catholic home with uh, four brothers. He went to uh, a, a local Catholic uh, grammar school, and then he was the valedictorian of his high school. He went to St. Viator's College and Seminary in Illinois. And uh, he was on the debate team there, mm. and uh, he debated the University of Notre Dame mm. and won. <laughs> so, and then after that, he went to St. Paul's Seminary in Minnesota, and he earned a bachelor's degree, a master's degree at St. Viator's, and then went to the seminary and was ordained. 
as I said, in 1919. After that, he went to Catholic University of America and got a degree, a JCB, in canon law. And he was seen as quite a a talent, shall mm-hmm, we say. Mm-hmm. And he was giving talks at various parishes, retreats in the area of Washington, D.C. He then uh, went to the Louvain University in Belgium. That is the oldest Catholic university founded, I think, in 1485. And John, I might interject, at the time when uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen was attending that university, it was considered the most prestigious Catholic university seminary in the whole world. Oh, I believe it, yeah, yes. in the whole world. And as uh, one friar once shared with me, he was regarded as the most respected student while he was there. <laughs> that, you are absolutely correct. Now, just to go back a little bit, Leo XIII, with Rerum Navarum, got social justice on the map for Catholics. Mm-hmm, Leo XIII mm-hmm. also got St. Thomas Aquinas again on the map for the umpteenth time. Yeah. And uh, so Thomas Aquinas and social justice were big to-dos at Louvain and throughout the Catholic intellectual world at that time. And Fulton Sheen tapped right into this. Yes. And when he went to Louvain, uh, he studied Thomas Aquinas, and he got a Ph.D. And to get a Ph.D., you uh, it's quite a to-do in, in European universities. You have to seem to have to get a second degree. And this degree was called an A-G-E-R-E, in a Gary, in, a, in which you kind of become a member of the faculty after yeah. you do it. Yeah. And he wrote this on uh, Thomas Aquinas, and he studied not only at Louvain, he also went down to Rome for some, uh, for some work. He was so good, a student there, that uh, when he came back, uh, he was asked to join the faculty, and they gave him a dinner, and I think this is the rumor that I heard, that at the dinner they serve you a good dinner, and the drinks will tell you how good they think you are. They had yeah, yeah. excellent champagne for <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, they were very happy. And after this, okay, what's he going to do now? And he was offered a job by Father Knox in England. Mm-hmm. He was offered a job at Columbia University by the president of the uh, Columbia University. And the Bishop of Peoria says, no, Father Fulton, you're going to come back to Illinois, and you're going to be at St. Patrick's uh, Church here. Mm-hmm. And uh, might have been Peoria. And he's there for a year. And after that, he went to the East, and he began to uh, work in some broadcasting. He, well, first of all, he went to the Catholic University of America as a faculty member in, first of all, theology, and then later philosophy. And he would give talks on weekends. I think he taught two graduate courses. And uh, he would give talks here and there. I think he gave 150 talks a year, yeah. which seems to me like quite a bit. Yeah, in addition yeah, to yeah. your teaching assignment. Yeah. And he began to become something of a celebrity and yeah. a speaker in demand. And something we see quite a bit today. You know, there's lots of uh, you know, popular speakers out there who have authored a great number of books. Archbishop Fulton Sheen really pioneered that mode of mission, if you will. Now, all of that being said, John, while Archbishop Fulton Sheen was a first-class theologian, a first-class philosopher, he was one figure who helped bridge the gap between the thinking person and the person of the heart. Uh-huh. You talked about social justice. We were talking before we came on air here. There was a trip he made in 1948 that had a huge impact upon yes. his life. Huh? With Cardinal Spellman, he went to China, and it forever changed his life. Yes. What he saw with his own eyes forever changed his life. That encounter, as he would speak to it in later years, was an encounter with Christ. Now, know? Cardinal Spellman, whom he went with, uh, Archbishop of New York, was the chaplain of the military during World War II, and then after World War II, 1948 was after mm-hmm. World War II. Also, I believe, 
Father Walsh, or maybe Bishop Walsh, the Marinole, was with them. Mm-hmm. He would later be uh, put in prison by the Chinese communists. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, all of this was Holden Sheen was a witness to. As we were talking there, this bridge that he built, today um, there's a tendency to um, categorize Catholics as you know, more towards the, the corporal works of mercy and less spiritual works of mercy, or more towards the spiritual works of mercy and less corporal works of mercy. Archbishop Fulton Sheen really tapped into, John, what that bridge ought to look like. You know, Bishop Barron recently was talking about the Catholic Church and how it's extreme in its moral demand, because Christ was, and at the same time, extreme in its mercy, because, well, Christ was. So you have these two modes, if you will, of living, one where the church is constantly calling us to be the best version of who God is calling us to be within uh, this context of moral theology, and at the same time, uh, the church is always reaching out in mercy. And there's a tendency today to put the two against each other. And the point Bishop Barron made I thought was really good, that in the end, they are to be seen as mutually illuminating. And why am I thinking about this now? Well, yes, because Archbishop Fulton Sheen was a man of the intellect, but moreover, a man of the heart. And I believe, John, that he helped build that bridge in that he was extreme in his joy, extreme in his joy. So the church, right, uh, proclaims, professes these high moral demands, and at the same time, proclaims and professes and lives this extreme mercy. How do you build that bridge? How do you get people to see one in light of the other? Well, be joyful. (laughs) Be joyful. Be enthusiastic. Show your love for Jesus Christ and what you teach and what you do. Bottom line, this is why, on a more personal level, John, I love this man, because no matter what was going on, even in the times that he was outspoken, he did it for Jesus Christ, and he always did it with a sense of authentic enthusiasm, authentic joy, and that's why he reached so many hearts. You know, during this time, there was a little more animosity between Protestants and Catholics. Remember, almost everybody was a Christian. Yes, at yeah, t- and yeah. A little bit more animosity between the two. When he was on TV, never said mm. a disparaging word about Protestants. We were no. all for Christ. Oh, no. he, he talked yeah. about Mary on the TV show, but uh, never said a disparaging word. And if I could just wax on a little bit, he gave a talk uh, in TV in which he was quite anti-communist. I mean, mentioned his anti-communism. You know, uh, there was no doubt that he was anti-communist. Well, he, he, he talked about that a lot on yeah, yes, that program, did. yeah. And at one point in February of 1953, he gave a talk from Shakespeare's Julius Caesar mm. and was the funeral oration. Brilliant, and, um, brilliant. He takes on several communist uh, Politburo members, uh, Berea, remember the head of the Secret oh, Service, yes, uh, yes. Malenkov and Vyshinsky, and he, these are, you know, like Cassius, Brutus, and so on. Yeah, and it was really <laughs> a good thing, and it just really puts down the Communist Party in a re- very clever way. Well, several days later, Stalin has a stroke, and a few yeah. days after that, he dies. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. not saying Fulton Sheen causes No, no, but it was no. quite, uh, it was interesting. Yeah, it really was, and it was that kind of thing, John, that he would do, that really captivated his uh, viewing audience. It's interesting to think about you know, him winning TV's most outstanding personality, because who was he going against? Well, figures like Milton Berle, Frank Sinatra, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, Lucille Ball. Oh, uh, well, yeah. we, we all know those names. Yes. One television personality uh, quipped, Bishop Sheen can't sing, he can't dance, he can't act, 
all he is is sensational. Yeah. <laughs> all he is is sensational. Well, when he won his first Emmy, he, his acceptance speech was fabulous, just so classy he was. He began, you know, you heard this. I would like to thank my writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah. <laughs> what, <laughs> yeah. what a classy yeah, acceptance yeah. speech, you know? Classy acceptance speech, John, and classic Archbishop Fulton Sheen, yeah. because he took each and every moment to evangelize for Jesus Christ, and he always did it in that spirit of joy. Yeah. And he had a, a way to disarm, you know, his it, listening audience. And to be able to disarm is really to be able to begin to build that bridge, John. Yeah. Well, no, he began in 1951 on the Dumont, not DuPont, Dumont TV show, and he was unpaid, and, and the audience came into the Adelphi Theater in New York City. He had a they did give him a chalkboard, no, no, no cue cards, no, not just mm-hmm. self-talking. Mm-hmm. And that's how it began. Sheen as it was not paid for this. No, no, oh, yet. no, oh, no. And um, now Milton Burrow was sponsored by Texaco. And at one point, Milton Burrow said, well, you know, uh, we, we both kind of work for the Sky Chief. Well, so, yeah, I mean, here we have a figure, John, Again, reaching uh, over 30 million viewers, and he's doing it in the spirit of Christ. He was once asked, you know, how do you prepare for your television program? How do you prepare for your radio program, The Catholic Hour? Um, And I was very interested in, in how he responded to that, given, you know, what we do here on Seeds of Truth, John. And he said, you know, I study feverishly, and I pray more feverishly. Wow. So... He, he, he studies a great deal for every program. He would take everything that he studied, and he would take it before the Blessed Sacrament. And is that not the example of how to prepare to give a talk? He prayed an hour a day, and, uh, and he did that all of his life. Yeah that, yeah, that was quite something. Another little aside, he did go to Vatican II, 1962 to 1965, and he was uh, director of the uh, Propagation of the Faith. And when he went there, he stayed with a lot of, uh, shall we say, third world bishops in 62 to 65. And they lived in rather ordinary, below average hotels. Yeah. And yeah. Now, American bishops stayed in better uh, accommodations. I don't think there was a great big hotel that they have now at the Vatican. You kind of. Yeah. Got to, and, and, but uh, that's the kind of person he was. That's the kind of person he was, John. And you've heard me say it before. You know, what is that one thing, that one thing that unites all the saints? Um, well, there's, there's two. First, your love for Jesus Christ and that you have a living relationship with Jesus Christ. And second, in the light of that, you had a heart for the poor. Uh-huh. You had a heart for the poor. Um, and in many ways, I believe what happened to him in 1948 in his trip to China is what began to reorient his own sanctity yes. and holiness. As he himself would talk about it, this isn't me projecting in abstract terms. No, it was very real for him, it was very concrete to him. You know, it's interesting. You bring up Vatican II, John, and I, and I want to talk about Vatican II a little bit because there's a lot of confusion about what Archbishop Fulton Sheen thought about Vatican II. So I just thought we should go to his own words in his work, Treasures of Clay. And you can find this on pages 292 to 293. Uh, this is Archbishop Fulton Sheen. The tensions that developed after the council are not surprising to those who know the whole history of the church. It is a historical fact that whenever there is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, as in a general council of the church, there is always an extra show of force by the anti-spirit or the demonic. Even at the beginning, immediately after Pentecost and the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles, there began a persecution and the murder of Stephen. 
if a general council did not provoke the spirit of turbulence, one might almost doubt the operation of the third person of the Trinity over the assembly. So he's making it clear that uh, he saw Vatican II as a work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, one of his persecutions, John, was him going back to his diocese in upstate New York and uh, trying to implement the teachings of Vatican II that were not popular in upstate New York at the time. You had mentioned it. He was president of Vatican II. He worked very close with who? The then uh, theological expert, Cardinal Ratzinger, in yeah. particular on the document on mission, right? Uh -huh. uh, he saw Gaudium et Spes, arguably the greatest document of Vatican II, the one that John Paul II, as Cardinal Voitia worked on, um, as the greatest document of Vatican II. So Vatican II was about bringing the church to the people, right? Vatican II was about meeting the people where they are at and ultimately walking with them and bringing them back to the church. Yeah. I have said on more than one occasion, John, God meets us where we are at, and he walks with us as he is. Correct. Right? Yeah. We enter into that. We step into that in the spirit of the new evangelization. He went to Rochester, and if you know, New York is a democratic state, at least I don't know what it was then, but it is certainly is now. Rochester might be a little bit more conservative part of it. He went to Rochester, and he was going to implement Vatican II, and he was in love with the poor. And he appointed priests who were sympathetic to the poor to important pastoral uh, positions within the Rochester diocese. And um, he was well-received. I think the issue that was his undoing was he was going to give a parish to the Department of Housing and Urban Development. And then he announced this on Ash Wednesday. And the parish that was selected is, what, you're going to close this down? And here was uh, an, an issue. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. he had not consulted the priest. He just had talked with uh, Robert Weaver, then the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development in the Johnson administration. And, and that caused a brouhaha. And I think if you want to put an issue to it, he became a bishop of a major diocese, with virtually no, shall we say, administrative experience in how do mm -hmm. you handle all this, because mm -hmm. th th mm -hmm. that was not what he had been doing. But anyway, he uh, he was there from 66 to, uh, I believe, 69, and and he asked to be resigned, and, or asked to leave, and, and he did. And part of what made him not maybe the best administrator is because he was uh, yep. present to other things. He was present to other things. Uh, also, he came out against the Vietnam War in yes. 1967. And remember, yeah. he was hugely anti-communist. Yeah, yeah. So this caused, what, what's he doing, you know? Archbishop Fulton Sheen teaches us that, that faith cannot be relegated to the protective atmosphere of our, you know, isolated glass houses, if yes. you will, John. In today's world, a strong faith can only develop within the public square in a challenging debate. And he was going to the people in that dialogue, and in many ways wanting to accompany them, wanting to, well, as we just spoke to it, walk with them. And one of the unique charisms of... Uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, alongside of his joy and enthusiasm, was that he was not only a great evangelist, he was also a very good catechist. Yes. Okay? He would get people excited about the faith, he would evangelize the heart, and then after uh, they were overwhelmed by the goodness of Jesus Christ and, and the gospel truth, he would begin to teach them, right? And uh, the people around him would begin to entrust themselves to Jesus Christ. He had that ability to evangelize and catechize, and we speak to it so often in general terms, evangelize and catechize, but we don't make the necessary distinction. You know, to evangelize is to, yes, proclaim the truth in, in an ardent way, you know, repent and believe the kingdom of God is at hand, 
getting people to repent of their sins in and through the grace of Jesus Christ. But catechesis is something different. The catechetical part of it is getting people to fall more in love with Jesus Christ in and through uh, the doctrine, right? And he was so good at both. He was so good at both. And again, as we've already talked about, he used any means possible to do that. Now, as you were just talking about, John, there were some undoings because he was outspoken. In point of fact, um, he was outspoken on a number of issues, just not communism, but certainly socialism, uh, World War II diplomacy. He was very critical of psychiatry, some aspects of psychiatry, Uh of course, secularism, the abuse of education, and really the left in general. But, But in saying that, he would defy any effort from anyone to place him on the right or the left because he was also equally critical of capitalism, that crony capitalism that we've talked about before, uh-huh. um, irresponsible labor union leaders, idealistic advocates of the welfare state. He was always pushing. You know, one of the things that we see with Pope Francis is that he pushes people to the tension, right? That healthy tension where we are made to examine our faith that much closer. That tension that we were talking about earlier between the spiritual works of mercy and the corporal works of mercy, right? We can't just have one without the other. They are mutually illuminating. It's just not Pope Francis who talks about that. Archbishop Fulton Sheen made a point to go there because that's what the church wants us to see, John. The church wants us to see how we are called to embrace the corporal works of mercy, how we're called to embrace the spiritual works of mercy. And John, if that means being outspoken on the Vietnam War or, or being outspoken on socialism or, or being outspoken or this or that, then yeah, then be outspoken um, as long as it's rooted in truth. Yes. You know, that truth which we can objectively and rationally discern. Have you ever seen Shakespeare plays performed by people in 1900? You know, they have old, it looks a little bit, oh, too, too dramatic. Yes. And yes. if you look at old movies today, you know, there are some of them are good, but you know, now, Bishop Sheen's speaking style may have, uh, that, that may not work today, mm. but if you go into the words and go into what he says, it is rich and it is as deep as, as anyone. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, it really, uh, maybe preaching hasn't changed much since Christ. I mean, he was pretty good, hard yeah. to improve. And, uh, but <clears throat> you can watch some of his uh, telecasts today, and it might seem a little dated, but it, if you really listen to it, it isn't dated. And I don't want to see him lose popularity because the TV shows, you know, have a little bit of a data look. And some of his talks are on. I mean, they're all on, but some of his style is just right on. I yeah, they're extraordinary. Yes. I, I hear what you're saying, John. There was a sense of flair at uh, times. He was quite dramatic. But one of the things that stands out to me, and it really has always stood out to me about, about Archbishop Fulton Sheen, is that when he talks— he was always so caught up in the spirit yes, uh-huh. that you were drawn into the words by the very way he was speaking, by the very way he was preaching. And that really is a charism, a, a certain pronouncement of the spirit where, yes, he did it joyfully and he did it enthusiastically, but there was a certain a way in which he would communicate that drew so many people in. It's no wonder that he had, what, 30 million viewers? Well, you're a holier man than I am, Joe, because what (laughs) captured me was a tessellated black and white floor. The bookcases in the back, the perfect bishop's outfit on, and the blackboard, and, you know, that, oh, you know. Yeah, well, all of that was very important to him Uh because he did have a sense for for the dramatic. He did have a sense for the flair, but it wasn't the ostentatious, showy display 
materialistic. No, it was more about drawing you in to everything that he was communicating. Yeah. That's what it was about because he was a man of truth. Yes. He was a man of truth. And this, again, is why his popularity um, grew. You know, I was in conversation um, with an in-law of mine oh, about two months ago. And this particular in-law, John, leans to the left if we're going to use such phrases. And uh, she brought up Fulton Sheen about his leftist tendencies, of course, not appreciating the whole that we are talking about now. I started to get into some of the things he would talk about as it relates to his orthodoxy. And she says, you know, now that you talk about it, he did speak to that, didn't he? And he was so good at speaking about it. And I said, yeah, so what does that mean? I guess it means I should give a second look at what he had to say. Yes. You know? And I think that is what Archbishop Fulton Sheen would want us to do, to take a second look at what he had to say. And, and in saying that, John, um, if there's anything I can endorse um, certainly his Life is Worth Living programs, but also among his many reads, and oh, there were many. Uh, in point of fact, <laughs> he had authored 64 books and published over 60 booklets, pamphlets, magazines, and that does not include all of his television and radio stuff. But the one, for me, that stands out among all of them is the classic, uh, The Life of Christ. Uh, his yeah, book, that is good. where he reflects into uh, the life of Jesus Christ and he does it in a narrative way. So he basically follows uh, the sequence of the life of Christ, bringing in so much theological insight. It, it is timeless. We were talking a few weeks back about um, uh, Romano Gardini's work, The Lord. Uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen's Life of Christ is right after that one, I think. Romano <laughs> Gardini and, and Fulton Sheen seem to have an eye for the modern world is a little off-kilter. And if you really want to get on kilter, you need to go back to Jesus Christ and those truths. That's what will do it. Now, within those truths, you can have capitalism to the left or to the right. Yeah. That's irrelevant, and civilians can argue about that. But the essential thing is what Christ taught us, and he knew that. Amen. And, and so did Romano Guardini. Yeah. And, and, and the two of them were well-read and knew arguments from all the sides, and yet they had the same general idea yeah. that the Gospels of Christ— and living that ethic is what the modern world needs. Amen, John, and it's taking that truth and bringing it to the people, right? I'm looking up at the clock, John, and we are out of time. I just want to close with a, uh, one more caveat. You know, just two months before um, the great Archbishop Fulton Sheen died, he had the opportunity to uh, see John Paul II in his visit to St. Patrick's Cathedral there in New York, and he was able to give him an embrace, and as it is shared at that time, uh, Pope John Paul II said to Fulton Sheen, you have spoken and written of the Lord well. You have spoken and written of the Lord well. Amen to that. All right, with that, let us close with a word of prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.